Welcome back to the Total Recaps Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Melendez, and today we've got a very exciting episode. We got the NBA season upon us. It's going to be starting tomorrow. I am extremely excited. No more offseason. We are getting into the games, and with that, I feel like it's a good time to react to the top 100 players ranking uh, article recently released by by Bleacher Report. I know ESPN also had one, but I'm going to go off the Bleacher Report article for this episode only. Um, and since we're a Miami Heat podcast, we're going to be primarily going over where the Miami Heat players are ranked, how do we compare them to the players above and below them, do we think they should be going up a little higher, do we think they were ranked a little bit too high, I mean, that's definitely not going to be the case here, but we're going to just go over all of that, um, do we also see them making any big jumps uh, in these rankings by the end of the season, and of course, lastly, do we have anyone that did not make this list that should be in here, we're going to be getting into all that, so get ready for it. Now, of course, I don't have an intro to this podcast yet, so you're just going to have to continue to listen to me as we get into it. Um, So let's just get started. I mean, to start off this ranking, we had at number 75, our veteran point guard, Kyle Lowry. Now, I know to start, like, to end the year, he did not go off on a good note. Game six, barring, uh, obviously, we saw some incredible stuff from there. Literally exactly what we need. Timely three-point shots, being able to get the ball down the down the field or down the court, I should say. And I've been watching too much football. But really, it's just his leadership on the court, his IQ, his ability to get his players in the right spots. All that is extremely important. And he certainly should be ranked in the top 100. If he wouldn't have been, it would have been an absolute um, travesty here. But um, just looking at the ranking at number 75, I'm not totally against it, especially when you see some of the other guys around him. You know, he is at the age of 36. This is usually the time you're going to start seeing him get a bit of a decline, a little bit of slippage in in, in that skill sets that he usually always brings. But the IQ, the leadership on the court, I still I, the playmaking I still think is going to be there. The spot of shooting, I don't see why that would not be there this season either. Uh, so I do have him as a top 15 point guard in this league. I don't see a lot of people um, ranking him any lower than that. I mean, I'd be surprised if you don't see Kyle Lowry as one of the better starting point guards in the league um, with his, you know, combination of skills and IQ. But again, he is getting older, so it's understandable. And then when you look at some of the guys around him, you got Malcolm Brogdon just ahead of him at 74. Now, there certainly are... um, uh, health concerns with Malcolm Brogdon, but the same thing could be said about Lowry. I mean, he missed a few games last season, even though they were for personal reasons. Can't really blame him there. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon has been one of the better lead ball handlers in the league uh, while he's been here, even during his time in uh, Milwaukee, then moving to Indiana. I thought that was a terrible move by Milwaukee, but of course, I mean, ended up getting Drew Holiday winning a championship, so who cares? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not a total fan of Malcolm Brogdon, but I could see him having the same level of, of impact that Kyle Lowry has on his new team, the Boston Celtics. Uh, 73, you got Julius Randle. Now, it's really, really tough to rank Julius Randle here. I mean, I don't personally believe he's going to have a bigger impact than Kyle Lowry does on his team, especially since after what we saw last year. I mean, and they, they place it here perfectly, you know, and just like how much of a regression we saw from Julius Randle last season from his shot selection and shot making his defense the demeanor as well like they say it was a master class in comprehensive regression I mean a perfect way to put it there because this guy 
was just an absolute mess last season. Now, they were like he would have been ranked top 50. So I understand this was already a drop off in his rankings. So dropping him off anymore probably would have been a little too much, especially considered how, you know, how great of a season he had in 2021. But still, it, last season certainly he deserved the drop off there. I mean, his lowest ranking on here it shows is 111. So, uh, but then his highest is 33. I mean, that's honestly one of the biggest uh, stretches there in terms of like highest ranking to lowest ranking that I've seen so far. Except for Anthony Simons. My goodness. I mean, I just randomly saw it because they have him, Anthony Simons, and Clint Capella just behind Kyle Lowry. So, I mean, it's kind of tough. I personally am a huge fan of Clint Capella. I think he's one of the better rebounders in the league. He's great at uh, protecting the rim. He does his job about as good as anybody else in the league. I've been saying that about Clint Capella for a long time. So, that's kind of tough, but regardless, uh, he you know he doesn't do a few other things that you would want from Biggs. He literally only rebounds and defends the rim. He does not. Um, he he gets a lot of buckets off like putbacks, um, lobs from Trey Young. He doesn't really create for himself, which is why they probably put him so low. Um, and Anthony Simons, I mean that that guy he's certainly at just 23 years old. He's got a lot of potential in his game. Uh, him alongside Damian Lillard now, they're gonna make a pretty good one-two combo um, in that backcourt. So I'm excited. I mean, he can definitely make a big jump. But having him behind Kyle Lowry for now, I'm I'm fine with it. Uh, but overall, I'm 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 fine with Kyle Lowry's ranking here. You know, especially after what we saw last season, you you, you gotta accept expect some kind of slippage here from him at age 36. He's what I think it's like 18 seasons in the league now, or maybe a little bit less than that, 16. Regardless, it's a lot of time to be in the NBA. That's a lot of mileage, and that's just for sure is going to catch up to him. You're not going to see him uh, in the season for, what, 60-plus games? I, I doubt it. I mean, maybe maybe 60, but I don't think he's going to make it any more than that. Uh, still, though, um, solid ranking for Kyle Lowry. He definitely deserves to be our fourth-best player, or at least considered our fourth-best player. Um, so, But let's move on to the hero, the sixth man of the year last year, Tyler Hero, ranked 62 on this list. Now, this is probably one of the more controversial ones just because of where he's ranked around. There's so many young, talented players that are ranked around him. When you go OG Ananobi just behind him at 63, you got Jeremy Grant at 65, but I totally understand having him behind Tyler Hero. OG Ananobi as well. Both those guys are, have been able to uh, consistently score, um, at least find different ways to score while also being very rugged defending wings. And that's something that's super valuable in the league this year, um, you know, now in this new age. So having OG and, and Jeremy Grant behind Tyler Hero is very solid. But then you look at the guys ahead of him, Jalen Brunson at 61. Now, I understand having Jalen Brunson ahead of him because after what we just saw Jalen Brunson do in the playoffs, it's hard to put him any lower than 61. I mean, I can honestly argue that you can probably put him ahead of some of the guys in front of him, like John Collins, RJ Barrett, even, I mean, man, Mikhail Bridges, that's kind of tough. Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges is one of the best 3 and D players in the league right now, but uh, I can definitely see him at 59 instead of 61 for Jalen Brunson, just because of the, the kind of offensive game that he has, and, and to be able to do it in the playoffs consistently against a defense like the Jazz, you know, making Rudy Gobert look silly, beating the Phoenix Suns. I mean, it, it was a, a heck of a run, and you, you got to give it to him. So uh, I, I wouldn't put Tyler Hero ahead of him just yet. He definitely is going to have a big jump, in my opinion, a bigger jump than what Jalen Brunson's going to show. So you're going to see him ahead of him by the end of the season. But for now, I'm fine with that. 
it's the guys ahead that it makes it kind of tough because they like people keep on trying to compare Tyler Hero with all these other young up-and-coming players, which is totally fine. That's kind of the way it goes. You know, he, he was trying to compare himself to the Trey Youngs, John Morant, Luka Doncic. He's not there yet. He's got the potential, but he's just not there yet, which is why a lot of people were, you know, you know, talking crap about that. Uh, he's, he just has a lot of confidence. You want that in a three-level score like him. You want that. But having him behind guys like R.J. Barrett, Having him behind Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, that's always going to be super controversial because, you know, I I personally believe that Ty, Tyler Hero is better than Tyrese Maxey. Now, I guarantee you every single Philadelphia fan is going to tell you the exact opposite thing, which is totally fine. You know, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And Maxey, I have to give it to him, played an excellent role behind James Harden and Joel Embiid as the third option. He, even at times, showed that he could be the second option. Now, I don't. I just believe Tyrese Maxey is kind of like a, a product of his environment, where he's got such great high-level talent around him. He's able to kind of just, you know, make it happen without that. But not with. I, I'm trying to say. I'm kind of mixing up my words here. It, it's kind of tough, but pretty much what I'm trying to say is just Tyrese Maxey. He's had up all this talent around him from the get-go. Tyler Hero has had to play off the bench with you know, second man units everywhere, you know, doesn't have all the best talent in the world, he does play in the fourth quarter all the time, he does end up playing with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, he does have that talent around him as well, but they do not have MVP level talent like James Harden and Joel Embiid, it's much easier to play with guys like that who attract so much attention because of their names and because of the, you know, the resume that they have, it's understandable, but Regardless, I personally believe that Tyrese Maxey, Jordan Poole, and Tyler Hero should be pretty much right in that mix together. I would honestly probably put Tyler Hero in the top 60. That's probably the one thing I'd do. Put him ahead of John Collins and RJ Barrett. Mainly because, I mean, I just feel like John Collins has not been able to impact the, the you know winning the way you would expect him to. You know, he does do a lot of solid things that you would want from a big man, stretching the floor, defending, you know, he's got great athleticism, so and his chemistry with uh, Trey Young looks very solid. I just, I don't know, there's just something about him that I, I've wanted him on my team, but there's just something about him where I just feel like he does not impact the game at the kind of level that Tyler Hero does, especially when the way Tyler Hero was doing it last year off the bench. I don't know. Of course, the way Tyler Hero ended his season in the playoffs certainly hurt his ranking here, and I can't blame that. So let's just move on. Tyler Hero at number 62. Probably could get him in the top 60, in my opinion, but it is what it is. Next, we have my favorite player on the Heat, Bam Adebayo. One of the easiest players to, to get annoyed at because of the way he plays the game on offense. But at the same time, and it's kind of funny because I just recently saw a tweet that said he's one of the most hated players or has one of the most negative tweets uh, or at least percentage of tweets that are negative in his direction. And honestly, most of those are probably Heat fans. I mean, we can't even <laughs> deny it because we do get on Bam at a bio so often, uh, mainly because we see the potential in him. You know, at 25 years old, this man is consistently on the all-defensive team while also having a pretty solid dynamic offensive game. He's one of the better passers, you know, one of the better big men passers in the league. You know, he's been getting that outside jumper, you know, stretched out a little bit more here and there. He's just looking more confident with it as he goes along. And when you combine that level of defense with 
the offense that he's starting to bring into his game, I, I honestly believe a top 30 spot is just way too low. In my opinion, I, I can put him over Chris Middleton, even though there is absolutely no disrespect to Chris Middleton. I mean, this man is an absolute stud. Uh, he, the mid-range game is all his. He is, even over DeMar DeRozan, in my opinion, this guy is about as good as it gets. But, you know, he's a top 10 wing in the league for sure. But I just feel with the combination of defense and offense that Bam Adebayo is starting to bring on a consistent basis, you got to put him over Chris Middleton. I would even put him over Pascal Siakam, although that is a much harder argument because Pascal Siakam, it does a lot of the same things that Bam Adebayo does, just even better and more physical and aggressive on the offensive end. You know, averaging, he averaged 22.8 points, eight and a half rebounds, 5.3 assists last year. You know, just a, a stat sheet stuffer doing whatever he needs to do to get his Toronto Raptors, you know, into the playoffs. And he did. And and Siakam was certainly a huge part of that. So, you know, that's definitely a lot tougher of a uh, someone to put Bam over. But you can easily put Pascal Siakam and Bam together. I mean, Bam's defense is way better than, than Pascal's. But his offense is much more developed than Bam's is. So it's just, it's a tough comparison. It's just like, but you can put them at least right next to each other. Bam should be 29 or at least put Siakam over Zach Levine. I just, Zach Levine at 27, he's one of the best offensive players in the league. One of the most dynamic and like it says, athletically gifted guards in the league. You know, even playing next to DeMar DeRozan, you know, a ball dominant scorer. He had great uh, was it efficiency last year scoring the ball. 53.4% from twos, 38.9% from three. Barely, it says barely outside the top five shooting guards. I get that. He is right there. I just, the defense is such a big part and he does not have that. You know, he, he is, he needs to continue to improve on that side. But if I, if he doesn't, I just don't know why he's ranked this high on the list. You know, I, I feel like he should be closer to, you know, probably a 30 ranking, maybe like, you know, high, you know, a little bit higher than that. I don't know. I just... Bam Adebayo, in my opinion, is certainly a more impactful player than Zach Levine. But now when you get down to, like, Anthony Edwards, it's understandable. I mean, especially after for what we saw in the playoffs last year, it was that, you know, they're saying this is that last year's playoffs for Anthony Edwards is similar to what Dwayne Wade did uh, in his early years when he carried that Miami Heat team to the finals. And and Kobe Bryant, what he was doing with, uh, with Shaq and Kobe in the early 2000s. Uh, of course, Anthony Edwards didn't win a championship, but he's got that same look. He is a two-guard that, like they're saying here, is ready to take the league by storm. And I absolutely agree with them. Uh, 26 feels a little low for me, especially with the way he impacts the game and how strong he is. Lowest ranking being 53 is an absolute travesty for Anthony Edwards. Highest ranking is 11. I mean, this guy is a monster, and he's going to show you again this season I'm a super fan of Anthony Edwards. Can't wait to see what he does this year. Um, but yeah, with Bam Adebayo, I mean, 30th? Guys, like, come on, let's be real. All right, this man is one of the best centers in the league. Should probably be a top 25 player. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. Bam Adebayo should be top 25. But, you know, let's move on. Let's not get too upset there as we get into our best player on the team. Number 11th ranked player in the league, Jimmy Butler. And... I think it's, it, you know, Jimmy Butler put it perfectly when he was asked. He's like, I like that. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's there's a few, maybe even 25 players that are better than me. You know, just, just keep adding that narrative to people in the league, you know? I keep underestimating this man. You know, I get it. He's getting up there in age. What, he's 33 now? He's been playing for a while. But, I mean, his best basketball 
have been with the Miami Heat. There is absolutely no doubts about that. His ability to score whenever is needed, his ability to defend at a high level, and his leadership. I mean, his IQ is playmaking, in my opinion, was one of the biggest things that I saw from him. I mean, because, you know, you knew when he was coming into to our team that he was going to be one of our first options on offense. He was going to be one of our best defenders. Now, I did not expect him to be one of our best playmakers as well. And when you add all that, he does that during the regular season. But then when you add what he does in the playoffs, consistently upping his game to a level that very few players in the league can achieve, that's one of the main reasons why I would put him in the top 10. Just the fact that when it matters most, he steps up and becomes one of the, and it's not even close, top 10 players in the league. He is absolutely a top 10 player in the league when it matters most. And in the end, isn't that all that really matters? You know, I, I just that's just me speaking out loud. But you look at some of the guys he has around him. Uh, he's at 11. You got Trey Young and Devin Booker behind him at 12 and 13, respectfully. Damian Lillard as well at 14. Uh, now, honestly, those are some high-level talent players. But Trey Young, like it says here, he's an offensive powerhouse, but does absolutely nothing on the defensive end. Now, of course, adding DeJounte Murray this season, a defensive juggernaut on the backcourt, is certainly going to help, and it's going to make, I feel like that's going to be a very good duo. They they do literally opposites. Like, you know, DeJounte Murray can still play make and, and put up, uh, you know, big numbers on offense, but... His defense is probably one of the better things about his game. And you bring, you put that together with Trey Young. I think Trey Young might actually make himself a top 10 player this season. Just with the way that he has to adjust his game with Murray. And I feel like that's just going to bring the best out of him. Uh, but I'm glad they put Jimmy Butler ahead of him. Because he just impacts the game on a much bigger scale than Trey Young does. Like Trey Young on the offensive side is probably better than anybody in the league right now. But when it goes to the other side, he's a ghost, a ghost. And you can't, the fact that he makes it to 12 just off one side of of the court is absolutely incredible. But Jimmy Butler is here at 11 because of both sides of the court. I understand he's not gonna go ahead of John Moran after what we saw last season. Kawhi Leonard though, like I get it, man. Kawhi Leonard is an absolute monster when he's healthy, but he hasn't been healthy in like, two and a half seasons at least that's what it feels like like Kawhi Leonard I don't know again I I can't even like be upset with that ranking because of how great of a player Kawhi Leonard is but still it's just like man LeBron James at eight it's just incredible stuff man the guy 20 seasons in the league I mean I know I'm just going off but like it's just kind of incredible I do not see Jimmy Butler above any of these guys, except for Kawhi Leonard, mainly because of the injury issues. But in terms of skill, like I actually feel like this ranking's pretty solid for him. You know, Jason Tatum at seven. I mean, he's he's him, man. He's made it. Joel Embiid at six is ridiculous, bro. That guy should be top five. Kevin Durant at five is oh, come on, man. Like just stop it. Steph Curry should be in the top three. Luka Doncic should be one behind. Just until this season, pretty sure Luka Doncic is, I actually have Luka Doncic as an MVP winner this season. That's kind of the guy I'm leaning towards to win. I see a triple-double coming this season along with probably more winning for Luka Doncic. So I don't know, I think I think that's going to lead to his first MVP um, this season. I mean, but 
who knows? I mean, maybe Joel Embiid, it's his year, but still. Now, going back to the Miami Heat, because I was kind of rambling there, kind of just going through the rankings. The way that they compare to the ones around them, honestly, for the most part, aside from Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, just because those are the two you know, potential players that can make a big jump in this ranking, I personally believe that they should be a little bit higher. Like with Tyler Hero, I was thinking instead of 62, he should be in that top 60 range, 59, 58. For Bam Adebayo, I personally believe he's a top 25 player in this league, possibly even top 20, just with the way that he impacts the game on both ends. Now, I get it, the way that he does it on the offensive end, especially the way it looked in the playoffs, has him at 30. I think the way we're going to see him this season, he's going to make it into that top 20, maybe top 25. Just because a big leap from that, you know, with especially with the kind of guys they ha he has ahead of them, we're just not sure there, but still. Now, aside from that, aside from these four players, is, is there anybody here that could have made these rankings, could have been in the top 100? Let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm going to go up there, but I mean, some of the ones I can just think off the top of my head, what, we got Victor Oladipo, we got Max Struess, who else we got? Max Struess, I would say that's pretty much it. It would be those two guys would be the big, I mean, Gabe Vincent maybe, but I just don't think Gabe Vincent's done enough yet. Like he's been consistent and he was so great in the playoffs, but he just hasn't had a, you know, enough of a, you know, of a featured role to be really be considered here. So really, I like Victor Oladipo probably couldn't get, I probably would say the closest is Max Struess just because, you know, he's been consistently solid from the three point line while also adding a lot of other elements to his game. You know, and it's making him a very versatile player. Now, do I think he's better than Jordan Clarkson at 100 or DeAndre Ayton at 99, Karis LaVert at 98? Not yet. Uh, I do believe we need to see another season of Max Struess showing us his ability to help on defense. Uh, I would like to see a little bit more finishing from him, possibly even uh, a little bit of playmaking, like being able to to kick it out to, to the three-point shooters after drawing some players in from the... I just, we need to see a little bit more than that. And once we do, maybe he can slide himself into that top 100. However, now I did not, I do not believe Victor Oladipo deserves to be on this list. I do believe that can change by the end of the season. I mean, you could see Victor Oladipo having a huge year off that sixth man of the year role. Not sixth man of the year, off that sixth man role and just take it in stride. Now, he did not look great in the preseason. I do not put any bearing on that I do not believe that's going to have a whole lot of say in what happens in the regular season but I do expect Victor Oladipo to play a huge role in the success of this Miami Heat team and if he does well you can easily see him in the top 100 possibly even top 90 maybe overtaking Kyle Lowry in this ranking uh, if, if he gets back to what he was doing and not at the level of what he was doing in Indiana but at least somewhat similar so um I do expect some kind of uh, improvement from Victor Oladipo this season, but overall, I personally do like these rankings. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know I'm kind of ending it kind of quick, but uh, but I feel confident with it. I, I, I feel confident with this Heat team going in with four top 100 players. You know, you can possibly say even a fifth one is in that team somewhere, maybe even a Nikola Jovic. Who knows, man? But Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Stay tuned for our, my next one. Uh, as I'm going to be ramping it up with the season starting. We're going to be getting a lot of recaps. Uh, I'm hoping to be bringing out a lot of podcasts as well. So stay tuned and have a great day.